Yesterday, a mob stormed the Capitol to disrupt the legislative assembly and threaten violence if the politicians didn't give the mob what it wanted. Now, what's the term that we're supposed to use for that? If the mob comprised conservative Midwestern grannies and eccentric men in horn hats getting personal tours of the Capitol by the Washington police, we would of course call that an insurrection the most dangerous, almost coup d'etat in the history of the world. But in this case, we're talking about a leftist mob intimidating Tennessee lawmakers just days after a leftist terror attack in the same town just one day before a planned leftist day of vengeance. So of course, that is nothing more than a peaceful protest. There, You can hear people in the gallery screaming, no action, no peace, but they're down there on the floor too, holding signs screaming, no action, no peace. Obviously disrupting the assembly, disrupting the legislation. Nobody can make any laws while the mob is running the floor of the Capitol. No action, no peace. What's it called when you don't have peace? Oh, it, violence. That's what it's called. That's the opposite of peace. The mob was organized by a group called Awake. That is another word for woke. Get it? You get it? And the group wasn't going to be deterred from its intimidation campaign by any recent nearby acts of terror, no matter how gruesome. Of course not. The terror is the point. From the thugs on the ground to the ruling class elites in the media and the political establishment who applaud the thugs for doing their dirty work. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Anything else happen over the last 24 hours? Did any? Let me just check my notes. Oh yeah, the libs arrested the president. The former president, the current leader of the political opposition, the libs are indicting him. They haven't formally arrested him yet. There's actually a little bit of a process that will take place before that happens. And I have many thoughts on it, which we will get to later. First though, I want to get to our extremely corrupt current president and his spokesman. You remember that radical transgender group that responded to the shooting in Nashville by mourning the death of the shooter and insinuating that the real victims of the shooting were the transgender identifying people. Well, that's pretty much the White House position too. One of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful, it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. The trans community, that's what's on. Our hearts go out to the trans community under attack after a transgender attack on little kids at a Christian school where we still haven't seen the manifesto, but what the chief of police suggested was that gender ideology played a pretty big role in the attack. The real victims, the real victims, the real victims. The trans community. It, it's a bit that Norm MacDonald did. Norm MacDonald did a comedy bit that is now 
commentary from the White House spokesman. Norm's bit pertained to the real victims of the last wave of acts of terrorism. I can't say my friend's name, but he said his biggest fear is (laughs) that ISIS or some uh, terrorist group like that would get a hold of a dirty bomb and explode it over a major city within the United States Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. kill tens of millions of people because then the blowback against innocent Muslims would be absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. All right, let's do some jokes. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, of course. That's true. Yeah, we agree. They don't know how to respond to Norm. Now, the, the real tragedy would be the blowback against the peaceful Muslims. The real tragedy here, of course, is that some people now might not like transgenderism as much or might not think it's true. The radicals always have to be the victim. They always have to be the victim. The radicals, a radical ruling class, and whichever group of people is being used as a tool of that radical ruling class, they have to be the victim. They could be attacking you They could be committing an act of murder. They still have to be the victim. It is not possible for disfavored groups in America ever to be the victim. Christians, conservatives, white people, men, at least men who know that they're men, those people can never, ever be the victims. If they are attacked, they had to have brought it on themselves. If they are attacked, the real tragedy is going to be the blowback. The blowback that never seems to happen, by the way. But the the hypothetical blowback against whichever group performed the attack. That that is not the conclusion of our ruling class. That is the premise. We've all seen it happen before. I'm not going to go through the rigmarole of, can you imagine if the shoe were on the other foot? Imagine if the roles were reversed. I'm not going to, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do that because that is going to be the epitaph on the gravestone of conservatism. But we see it constantly and we see it here most clearly. There there will never be an incident. It doesn't matter how extremely gruesome, morally clear that, that incident is. There will never be one for which the ruling class says that a disfavored group is actually the victim. You know it. I know it. We're talking about it right now when you want to talk to your friends. You got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Knowles. With the current rate of inflation, prices of essential goods are not going down anytime soon. It's more important now than ever to start looking at ways to cut costs. You have heard me talk countless times about supporting companies that support your beliefs, which is why I strongly recommend Pure Talk. Pure Talk is the best anti-woke company that uses the same nationwide networks as major carriers, so you will get the same reliable coverage you're used to. They set me up in no time. The coverage is fabulous. They've got a range of affordable plans to choose from. You can find the perfect option for your needs. Get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just $30 a month. Switch on over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes. 
while keeping your phone and your phone number. They've got a U.S.-based customer service team, which frankly, I think is reason enough to switch. They make it really, really quick. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles to save 50% off your first month. That is puretalk.com. Promo code Knowles. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. The transgender issue ultimately is a religious debate. Does man have a nature made in the image and likeness of God? Or is man his own creation? Is man ultimately accountable only to himself and entitled to do whatever he so pleases? Whether that is doing drugs, whether that is doing weird sex stuff, whether that is chopping off his own body parts and denying reality, that man man is his own God. Ye shall be as gods. That's the debate here. And so it's, it's no wonder that the debate has come down to explicitly religious argumentation, certainly from the conservatives, but from the pro-transgender activists as well, including a man by the name of Charles Clymer, who now goes by Charlotte and wears a pearl necklace and says that he's a woman, on Joy Reid's show discussing how Christians get the transgender issue totally wrong. I think children are only unsafe at drag shows when a shooter shows up to kill them. That's right. That's where the threat is. I would challenge anyone just to get to know trans people. We are a vibrant, diverse community, as diverse as anyone else. You know, I'm from the great state of Texas. I served in the military. I go to church every Sunday. My faith is very important to me. But God made me in her image. God made me transgender. Isn't it ironic that the people who insist that we all respect their preferred pronouns refuse to respect God's preferred pronouns? God, who refers to himself as he, him, his. God the Father, God the Son. We have to respect Charles Clymer's preferred pronouns, fictional though they may be. But he insists that God himself, not just you and me, God himself must be refashioned after Charles's own absurd vision. Then he goes on to attack Christians for saying otherwise, including, including your favorite podcast host. What do you, what do you feel when you have somebody like Michael Knowles say at CPAC, we need to eradicate transgenderism. And when somebody like Tucker Carlson says that transgender people are at war with Christians. I can't see Christ in their words. That's for damn sure. I can't see where the biblical principles of loving your neighbor and walking the walk with Christ that they can see. I I can't see what they're seeing right now because that's not of Christ. It's not. I have no doubt that Charles Clymer can't see all kinds of things. Because Charles Clymer looks in the mirror and sees a woman. Charles Clymer looks in the Bible and he sees the words he and him and he sees she and her. Charles Clymer has a defect of perception. That's, that's why he indulges the transgender ideology. Because he has a disordered desire or he has a in any case, a disordered perception of who he really is. And he refuses to submit that disordered perception to reason. This is why the transgender activists are so unreasonable. There is no arguing with them because they're refusing to accept that there might be such a thing 
as objective truth, as pertains to their nature, as pertains to their identity. They say, forget that objective truth. I am whatever I want to be. So it's a, it's a shunning of the intellect and an embrace of the will to the exclusion of intellect. Man is defined by will and intellect. That's what separates us from the other animals. But we should restrain our will and submit it to reality and to logic and to reason. When we follow our will in the pursuit of whatever we want, then we get the, we get the first commandment of the church of Satan. We get the, uh, do what thou wilt shall be the entirety of the law. That's what you hear from some of the most prominent, prominent Satanists in history. And it goes back to the Garden of Eden. You shall be as gods. Do whatever you want. Well, if, if all we pursue is our will, then there's no talking. There's no debating. There's no arguing because there's nothing outside of our own desire, disorder though it may be. Charles Clymer ran a group called Catholics for Choice. It was a pro-abortion group. Absurd on its face. The Catholic Church is very clearly opposed to abortion for 2,000 years now, since its earliest days. But it's even more absurd because Charles Clymer is Episcopalian. <laughs> so he's running a group called Catholics for Abortion. All absurd. But there's no arguing with that. If, you're, if you begin from the place of, I will not allow myself to be persuaded by reason, then there's no reasoning with you. And it shows you that this was never about live and let live. Live and let live, by the way, is even, it's the sort of nice version of saying, hey, we're not going to submit our views to reason. We're just, I'm just going to do exactly what I want to do, and you're just going to do exactly what you want to do, and we're going to follow our own tyrannical wills, even if they take us to absurd ends. But it was never about live and let live. This was always about destroying things. Catholics for choice is not about, <laughs> you Catholics get to live according to what the Catholic Church has taught for 2,000 years, and we who disagree with that, we're just going to believe what we believe. No, Catholic, Catholics for choice, quote unquote, is about going in and destroying the Catholic Church, pretending to be Catholic to undermine Catholic teachings. The, the bathrooms, the transgender bathrooms, was never about giving a place for these confused men to urinate. It was about forcing women to share a bathroom with them. If the, if the men who think they're women can't go into the explicitly women's bathroom, then they will continue to claim oppression. It's about destroying the women's bathroom as a place that excludes men. That's what it has to be. That's why there, there can be no middle ground, because there can be no simultaneous establishment of opposing principles. That would violate the law of non-contradiction. Joy Reid seems quite interested in what I have to say on the subject of transgenderism. So I'm more than happy to come on her show and we can discuss it and we can have a reasonable conversation about it if Joy Reid has confidence in her beliefs. But I strongly suspect she does not. <laughs> and so she won't subject those beliefs to reason and logic and argumentation. She can't do it. But I'm more than happy to, Joy. If you're so interested in what I have to say, I'm, I will come on to your show if you want me to. I don't think she's going to take me up on that offer because I don't think she could handle the conversation. Speaking of incoherent leftists, Jamal Bowman just went off screaming about guns in the Capitol. Let them explain it all the way up to election day in 2024. They're freaking cowards. They're gutless. They're what not here. Talking about? I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been a school, school that allows teachers to Carry guns? Would you, would you, would you, would you more guns need to more death? More guns 
for death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. They're carrying the water for the gun lobby. Look at the data. More guns even more deaths. Guns. States that have open carry laws have more death. States that have open carry laws have more death. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jamal Bowman, ladies and gentlemen, Democratic congressman, the guy who came in there and just very calmly explained why Jamal Bowman was wrong. That w- that's Rep. Thomas Massey. He's a Republican. He's fabulous. He's one of the best Republican congressmen out there. And he just very calmly explains his views. And then Jamal Bowman goes off screaming. Jamal Bowman is one of the biggest blowhards in Washington, D.C., which is really saying something because it is a city of blowhards. But Jamal Bowman as far as I'm concerned, takes the cake. Uh, Jamal Bowman recently uh, called me a Nazi. (laughs) He tweeted out, he said, Michael Knowles is a Nazi hell-bent on keeping only white men alive and in power. We cannot allow him and others to push their evil agenda, and we must stand up for the transgender rights. And I I wondered, wait, what are you, where'd you get, I, I see why you're criticizing me because I don't agree with transgenderism. I think it's obviously absurd. But where'd you get the, the Nazi thing? And I only want to, want to keep white men alive. I want to kill all the non-white men. And what, where'd you get that from? And he was just retweeting my CPAC speech where I never talked about race, never talked about uh, 1930s Germany. <laughs> I never, I don't, he just, he just yells and screams and makes stuff up. And he's a total blowhard. And so Thomas Massey walks up, he says, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, by, by the way, you know, a, a school shooting has never occurred in a school where the teachers are allowed to carry, which is a great point. They only go after soft targets. So what is Bowman's response? His response is just to scream. Are you, are you serious? If I, it shows you a rule. If you feel the need to shriek and scream your political views, you are almost certainly wrong. You're, all, you're almost certainly wrong. If you can calmly articulate your views, confidently, courageously, not backing down, but you just do it calmly because it's a matter of course, you're much more likely to be correct. But this is how they operate. Because the libs do not have facts and reason and logic on their side, they have to scream, they have to huff, they have to puff, they have to threaten, and they have to attack you. They have to call for violence, just like they called for at the Tennessee Capitol. They have to commit violence, as they have increasingly for years and years. I'm not even just talking about the recent horrific attack in Nashville. I'm talking about when they burned half the country down for eight months during the George Floyd riots. And the political class, the liberal establishment, egged them on and bailed them out of jail. I'm talking about when they threatened the Supreme Court judges and their families outside their homes in violation of federal law. And the Attorney General Merrick Garland said, yeah, let them do it. Don't arrest them. Don't arrest them. And then one of them comes up and tries to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. Oopsie daisy. That underscores what Chuck Schumer said to Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and the, the conservative judges. They said, we're coming for you. We're co- you're going to feel our wrath. You're, we're coming for you, judges. So that's what they do. I, I know that it's become a meme. It's become cliche to say conservative owns liberal with facts and logic. In fact, we were sort of the pioneers of, of that particular genre. But it's true. It's true. That, that became a meme. It became viral because that's true. That's what happens. And the problem is that the libs have a lot of political power and they frequently can intimidate people and they frequently can bully people and they frequently can disregard the law and they often get away with it. 
which is where we see in the, in the biggest news of the, today, which is not the insurrection at the Tennessee State Capitol, and it's not Jamal Bowman blowing smoke, and it's not all the rest of the libs screaming nonsense. It's the indictment of Donald Trump for the first time in American history, a United States president has been indicted. This, this news was announced just last night. The grand jury voted to indict Trump. Now the DA, Alvin Bragg, is going to have to figure out how Trump is going to turn himself in if they're going to go out and arrest Trump. And I have very strong views on exactly how Trump should handle this because I think that this is terrible news for our country and great news for the Trump presidential campaign. And the guy, I know he's a little up there in chronological age, but he seems very young. I don't know what his secret is. Our secret over here, GenuCell. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Have you tried innumerable skincare products claiming to reduce the appearance of wrinkles, lighten dark under eye circles, and restore a more youthful appearance? No doubt you've been disappointed. Spring is here, my friends. It has sprung, and our friends at GenuCell have the solution you've been looking for. For the first time ever, GenuCell is including both the Ultra Retinol and Dark Spot Corrector in their most popular package at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. GenuCell's Ultra Retinol contains a powerful retinol alternative that is safe for your skin. Their Dark Spot Corrector will help reduce sunspots. Plus, you'll still get GenuCell's world-class under-eye bag therapy to alleviate puffiness. GenuCell promises immediate effects. You'll see results in 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. I love the company. I love the founder. Great story. Coptic Christian leaves Egypt, comes here for the American dream. Try GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Join millions of happy customers who have already fallen in love with the results. Every order subscription includes a luxury gift box with two free springtime essentials. That's two free gifts plus free shipping. So it's really three free gifts. Go to GenuCell.com slash Knowles, GenuCell.com slash Knowles. We're a banana republic. <laughs> I don't, we're a banana republic without the bananas. I know we've seemed increasingly like a banana republic in recent years. We have now become one. There has been all sort of, sort of saber rattling in recent years about how we need to lock up our political opponents. In fact, it was one of the most popular lines of Trump's 2016 race. Lock her up, lock her up. Great line during the debate. Hillary Clinton said, I don't want to live in Donald Trump's America. Trump said, yeah, because you'd be in jail. He got lots of cheers, but he didn't actually do it because conservatives said, we don't actually want to live in a country where we arrest the political opposition. We don't actually want to do that. It's a good line. And especially when it comes to someone like the Clintons, they, they have committed lots of crimes, but we're just going to err on the side of caution here. That is not a good look. That is what tin pot dictatorships do. So what do the libs do? They indict Trump. That's crossing the Rubicon, especially because Trump is not just a former president. He is the current chief rival to Joe Biden. He is the current leader of the political opposition, and our liberal ruling class is now arresting the leader of the political opposition because we are not a nation of laws. We are a nation ruled by the caprices of men, specifically of liberal men. When a mob comes into the Tennessee state capitol and disrupts the legislative session and walks on the floor of the capitol and says, 
no action, no peace, which is a direct threat of violence following a leftist terror attack in that very city just days before. Coming up on, this is the day before a planned day of vengeance, also by leftists. That's fine. That's a peaceful protest. That's applauded. The White House applauds that, that kind of action and stands with the transgender community, and that's all wonderful. The real victims, you know. But when some Midwestern grannies show up and get a, a police-guided tour of the Capitol in Washington, D.C., that's an insurrection. That's the worst coup d'etat ever in the history of the world. They've got to go sit in solitary confinement because our liberal ruling regime arrests political dissidents and now arrests the leader of the opposition. Can you believe, can you, can you believe that Vladimir Putin has arrested and jailed his primary political opposition in Russia? Yeah, I can believe that. (laughs) I can. I see that thing happen all the time. Not just in Russia and China. I see that here too. It's exactly, exactly what the leftists are doing. Really sad for the country. Some of us thought the country was already pretty far gone, but this is simply the the logical next step, the illogical next step of that. But it is good news for the Trump campaign. The story is about Trump. The liberals fear Trump. Rightly or wrongly, maybe you would say, well, some other candidate would make a better president. He would do more conservative things. Maybe. But it's about Trump. That's what it's about. He's offering a genuinely different vision than has been offered by Democrats or Republicans at any point in our entire lifetimes. At least in my lifetime. Some of you might be a little older than I am. Lady never tells. But he's the guy. It's about him. He's already got a big lead in the race. I suspect it's going to increase his popularity. Now, the question is, will it help him to win those early primary states? If he's wearing an orange jumpsuit, he's not going to be able to campaign in Iowa and New Hampshire. Crucially, he's probably going to have a harder time raising money. The grassroots will still give him more donations, but he's going to have a hard time raising money from the big donors who don't want to sink their money into someone who is potentially going to end up in prison. So it'll, it'll hurt his campaign in that regard. And the liberals are doing this to prevent him from becoming president again. There's another investigation into him in Georgia. They're going to try to throw him in jail in Georgia too. Also on bogus charges, though not quite as absurd as the charges in New York. They're arresting the man for don't, allegedly donating money to his own political campaign and not filing the correct paperwork seven years ago. It's complete. I, whatever charges Putin makes up to arrest his political opposition, whatever charges Xi Jinping makes up to arrest his political opposition, those charges are no more absurd than the charges the liberals are making up in America to arrest the political opposition here. There we are. The libs wanted to get rid of American exceptionalism. They did it. Congratulations, libs. And that's something. Before we get into the mailbag, there, there is a video that I have to play because it gives you a little bit of hope. <laughs> As things seem pretty dark here, it gives you a little bit of hope that one person armed with the truth can stand up against 
the most powerful interests in the country, the people who make themselves out to be the most brilliant, the most powerful, the wisest voices in the world. That the truth can make those those self-styled wise men look ridiculous. And this came in the form of Riley Gaines speaking at Pittsburgh. Uh, Riley speaking at Pittsburgh. My friend and colleague Cabot Phillips just spoke at Pittsburgh. I will be the third person speaking at Pittsburgh uh, in, in this slate of speeches that has garnered 11,000 signatures of people demanding we be shut down, Pennsylvania legislators demanding we be banned, all sorts of threats to cancel this event. Cabot's event went off just fine. Riley's went off just fine. I intend to do my event as well. And, and Riley said basic truths. Men and women are different. So a genius professor, anthropologist, PhD stands up to tell her why she's wrong. Didn't turn out very well for him. I kind of forget, but I actually have a question for you. You being an anthropologist, which anthropology is the study of human civilization. Human. So if you were to dig up a human, two humans, and 100 years from now, both man and woman, could you tell the difference? Strictly off of bones. Yeah. We do it all the time, of course, but he says, no, no. And the crowd laughs, because that's obviously absurd. I'm not sure why I'm being laughed at if I'm the expert in the room. Believe it or not, I have put a lot of research into this, because I'm not... I don't know, why am I being laughed at? Saying, hey, man, you dig up a couple of mummies, right? you dig up some bones. Can you tell if it's a man or a woman? The, the answer is obvious because anthropologists do it all the time. They can dig up bones of all sorts of animals, not just human beings, all sorts of animals. They can say, oh, yes, this is a male skeleton. This is a female skeleton. They can go even further. They can say this person was killed about 35 years of age, this height, this size. You can tell you this width of the hips. So yes, this is a man or this was a woman. Happens all the time. But the transgender ideologues who don't want to acknowledge that the body, that biology tells us our sex, they have to deny that. And so that's a ridiculous statement. He knows it's ridiculous. I'm sure when he was in anthropology school, I'm sure he learned, he learned what the truth really is, but he has to deny it to make room for his ideology. So he, he, falls prey to his ideology. The people laugh at him. He says, why are you laughing at me? I am an expert. I have a PhD. I have a... Right. That's an indictment of PhDs. That's, that's not support for your manifestly absurd view. That is an indictment of PhDs, an indictment of higher education, an indictment of our entire liberal establishment that lies, deceives, dupes themselves and gets things wrong on every single issue. It's, this is the line from Bill Buckley who says, I would rather be governed by the first thousand people in the Boston phone book than by the faculty of Harvard College. And that was back at a time when even Harvard professors knew the difference between men and women. Happy Friday, everybody. If you can't tell, I'm excited, not just because of all the vengeance, not just because the weekend is almost here, though it is, that's nice, but because a new episode of The Search with Ben Shapiro just dropped. It's available to stream right now. In today's episode, Ben joins a wonderful guest and a friend of mine, Megan Kelly. Here is a sneak peek from their sit-down. 
When you first get married and your spouse is, is sick, you're like, oh my God, I'll take care of you. This is so, I feel so bad for you. Now, when you have kids and obligations, you're like, why do you get to be sick? I need your wife here right now because every woman out there knows that, that the man flu is way, way worse than the woman flu ever is. In fact, the, there's no accident. I did not get the flu. Because the guys get all the illnesses and the mothers are not allowed. We have to build up our immunities before we get married and have children. Otherwise, the whole family collapses. <laughs> If you haven't seen The Search yet, you should check it out. Ben's guests are intelligent, interesting, and it's very cool to be a fly on the wall for their unscripted and candid conversations. To watch, just become a Daily Wire Plus member. You'll get exclusive access to all of our shows, movies, documentaries, upcoming kids content, and of course, the brand new season of The Search with Ben Shapiro. So enjoy the weekend to the fullest by signing up at dailywireplus.com. And now finally, finally, we've arrived first at my favorite comment of the day, which is from Christmas W, who says, welcome to the straight day of self-defense. Yeah, that's the response to the trans day of vengeance. It's the straight day, the normal day of self-defense. We've arrived at my favorite time of the week. When I get to hear from you in the mailbag, the mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter promo code Knowles to get 50% off your first month. Take it away with the voice mailbag. Hello, Nostradamus. Uh, two questions. Question one, my wife and I have three kids, a four-year-old girl and two-year-old twins, boy and girl. During the birth of the twins, my wife lost a lot of blood and was placed in an induced coma for a day to allow her to recover. Afterwards, doctors told my wife that they recommend she no longer have any more kids due to the fact that the complications were too high and she could die next time. Um, I've told my wife that I want to get a vasectomy to prevent her to get pregnant because we don't want to use frangas, um, but my wife is Catholic um, and Italian and Calabrese actually, and doesn't want me to get one. I'm Seventh-day Adventist and my concern is that if she were to get pregnant, uh, the risks are too high to her health and obviously uh, an abortion is completely out of the question. So I just want your thoughts. Um, and question two is, uh, when are you coming to Australia to spruik uh, speechless controlling words, controlling minds? Uh, you know, it'd be good to get you down here and hear a few lectures from you or even just uh, just a talk. Anyway, thanks heaps, mate. Take it easy. Bye. I would love to get down under. Let's say some university down there. Give me an invitation. I want to get to Australia. Really good question. Sorry to hear for the difficulties you guys are experiencing. Your wife is right. Do not get a vasectomy. Do not do that. That would be wrong, immoral, and generally unpleasant. But, but I see the problem that you're facing. And so what, what I would recommend, especially that your wife is Catholic, is that she speak to her priest or bishop even and discuss her options because there is a natural family planning, which is a Catholic alternative to contraception. It is a uh, natural solution perhaps to the problem that you're facing right now, which is the risk of uh, death, potentially, if, if she's pregnant again. I would certainly seek another medical opinion just to make sure that this is the case, but it sounds like there are some real threats here. And uh, she should speak to her priest and bishop even about the possibility of more extensive procedures, up to and even possibly including a hysterectomy, uh, which is, the, the bioethics of that are complicated. So I, I would just recommend, I don't, I don't want to be giving advice here because I'm not, I'm not, uh, in a position to do so, but the uh, various uh, Vatican officials who have been tasked with these sorts of things for decades now have uh, expressed 
complex uh, views on it. A vasectomy would be a direct sterilization of you, which is why it's immoral. It's immoral to directly sterilize. Um, a, a procedure for your wife to protect her own health might, as a consequence, leave her incapable of becoming pregnant, but might, might not have that as the direct intention. And so I, I would just recommend she speak to, to her priest and bishop on that point, and for you not to get the snip. Okay, next question. Hey, Michael. Love the show. I'm reaching out to get some of your expert relationship advice as you are the love guru of the Daily Wire. So there's this girl in school, and we've been talking back and forth, and I think things are going really great, but I found out through a mutual friend she has a boyfriend, even though in conversation where that should come up, it hasn't come up yet. Mm. I've also heard that her boyfriend's not the best guy. So I was wondering how you approach this situation. Do you subscribe to just because there's a goalie, that doesn't mean you can't score? Or should I respect that boundary? Thanks, Michael. I very much go to just because there's a goalie.com. I enter promo code. doesn't mean you can't score. And I subscribe. Very much subscribe to that. Yes, of course. That wouldn't be true if she were married. <laughs> you know, and even if she were engaged, you'd probably want to lay off a little bit. But no, she's dating some guy. She's obviously interested in you. She, that's why she's not telling you about her boyfriend. I don't know how you heard that her boyfriend is not great. But even if he is a great guy, who cares? They're just sort of dating, you know. She's not married. There's a difference between dating and marriage. Marriage matters. I know today we try to blur the distinctions for all of these things, but no, it's a big difference. So she likes you. You like her. What would be my recommendation? Go out and get some drinks. Be prepared to take a swing to the face from this boyfriend if he finds out, but I would be clear. I would be confident. I wouldn't be sleazy about it, but I I would be perfectly clear with your intentions. And if she likes you more than the other guy, she'll dump him. She'll date you, and then you'll have a good life. Next question. Hello, Mr. Knowles. I wanted to submit a mailbag question to ask you two things, I guess. Uh, I've been going through a rough time in my life lately because my parents are, it seems, are going to get divorced. And so, one, I wanted to ask if you'd please pray for me. And two, uh, I wanted to ask if you think I should continue to fight this because on numerous occasions I've argued with my parents that this is not right because this isn't what God wants. It's not in the Bible. It's not biblical in any way. So do you think I should continue to fight this in a manner that's still respectful towards my parents or do you think I should just let it rest? Uh, Thank you very much. I love the show. And uh, yeah, thanks. Really sorry to hear about your situation and what's going on with your folks. You have totally the right idea, which is you should not let it rest because it's wrong. So you should not let it rest, especially if it hasn't happened yet. Frankly, I don't know that it ever can happen as a sacramental matter because what God has joined, no man can separate. As far as I'm concerned, when you become one flesh in the valid sacrament of marriage, then there's no such thing as divorce. You can separate for a time, you can commit adultery, you, but you're not, you can't really split, even as a practical matter. Uh, forget for a second, let's say you're not religious at all, you don't really subscribe to those views of marriage. Okay, I'm just telling you, as a practical matter, you can say you've gotten divorced, but you're going to continue to interact with this spouse. 
You're going to arrange child visits. You're going to decide who gets which holiday. You're going to have lots of phone calls. You're probably going to see them fairly frequently. You might have to deal with with child support payments. You're going to you're going to continue to have a very intense relationship with this person. It's just going to be a bad one. <laughs> it's going to be a deeply unpleasant one. So it just it just isn't real. Sacramentally or just practically as a matter of, of day-to-day life. And I would make that clear to them. And this is not something that Christianity condones. No person calling himself a Christian really prominently or seriously even suggested that divorce was possible until relatively recently in the history of Christianity. And so, no. And you have an obligation, though, to, to respect your parents. So you, you have an obligation not to do this in a whiny way or a petulant way or a disrespectful way. But you should speak the truth in love, as you would to anybody, and with respect for your parents. But let them know what it is. It'll also give you some peace if they go ahead and do it anyway. You can say, well, I did everything I could did everything I could. They went ahead and did this anyway, but they knew, the, they knew the stakes going into it. Next question. Hey, Michael. The more you talk about Dylan Mulvaney, the more I think about the uncanny valley, you know, the, the robotics theory that as a machine becomes more lifelike, it becomes more likable to the point where it's a little too lifelike and it becomes disturbing to people. Um, but the more weary thing is that the apex of that kind of hypothetical spectrum is that something is completely lifelike and completely accepted. Now, when you consider, you know, talks in Davos about chromosomal restructuring, do you think this could ever be a possibility? And would technology be to blame? Who would be to blame? Anyways, uh, speechless, controlling words, controlling minds. Give me a ding. Really liked that part there at the end. I'm waiting. Where's the ding? Hello. Where? Thank you very much. Appreciate that. He gets it too. This guy gets it too because he gets it. Yes, that that is what our liberal elites are pushing for. And they talk about this openly and they talk about it at the World Economic Forum and they talk about that elsewhere as well, that they will harness technology to change our very genetic code. And this is in many ways what transgenderism is about. Transgenderism isn't about reality. Obviously, men are not really women and women are not really men. Transgenderism isn't even about the small group of people, until recently, the very small group of people who suffered from this sexual fetish or this disordered desire or or flawed perception where they wanted to be or thought they were the opposite sex. This is about further separating persons from their bodies. This is about the deepening embrace of an ideology that says that my body has nothing to do with who I am. We already live so much of our lives virtually on Zoom, on Slack, on text, on the internet, on social media. We hang out with people while we're sitting alone in our rooms. How does that work? Because our, our, we're denying the importance of our incarnational nature. And so transhumanism is the, the conclusion of that, which is you just upload yourself somehow, into virtual reality. Uh, but but the, the, the flourishing of that for this transgender ideology is that you, you really can totally change your body. So if you can change every single aspect of your body, does that change who you are? And it does not. And one of the reasons we know that it does not is you, you get your sex from your body. Your sex does not come from your soul because 
men and women are of the same species. And if the soul were sexed or gendered, then men and women would be of different species, which is frequently how we appear, but is not the case. So you get your sexual difference from your body, and you are a composite of body and soul, as we point out on this show quite a lot. And that sex applies to the whole person as, a, as an aspect of your nature. And it's an inseparable accident of who you are for as long as you exist as an individual. Now, you can change the matter of your body. And we do. You, the, the matter that, that constitutes our bodies is constantly changing. Little, little particles and atoms going in and out all the time. It will totally change multiple times in your life. But you remain you. You remain the same person. The, the mutilations, even down to the genetic level that happen, don't change who you are. Because your sex is part of your nature. And that nature remains with you as long as you as an individual exist. We've got more to get to. We've got the written mailbag questions, the old school written mailbag questions. And then we've got Fake Headline Friday. Fake Headline Friday is where I need your help. Except I do not see my iPad. So I'm going to blame producer Jacob for that. Uh, But it's all happening now. So make sure you go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Enter code Knowles. No, it's dailywire.com slash Knowles. I don't know. There's all sorts of slashes and codes. Go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.